Hello Gothamites, and in particular from the UK and Ireland, as we relaunch, reissue and repost our great interview with Drew Powell, who plays Butch Gilzean on Gotham. This is all in preparation for the launch of Gotham on Channel 5 on January the 11th at 10pm. For all you Gothamites in the UK and Ireland, enjoy. So, this is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 50, The Drew Powell Interview. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzean on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. This is episode 50 of our podcast, Gotham TV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the TV show Gotham. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello, I'm one of your other hosts, John. And in this episode, we'll be talking to Gotham actor Drew Powell, who plays Butch Gilzean. Played him throughout season one of, of Gotham and has now been confirmed as a season regular for season two. I was lucky enough to get the chance to interview him. Um, unfortunately, Jean couldn't join us for this one. No, I was there in spirit, though, and managed to, by virtue of divination or something like that, managed to get a, a question about American football and the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens um, through yourself uh, to Drew Powell, who is obviously a Indianapolis Colts fan. That's right. That's so that right. was pretty cool, I have to say. <laughs> Definitely. If you're joining us for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the podcast at gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes. And if you want to send us feedback, you can email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Uh, provide us feedback about any of your previous episodes, this current podcast, or obviously any any of your thoughts about season two. Yeah, theories um, and thoughts on season two would be fantastic. And of course, along with iTunes, you can find us on and listen to us on Android and um, any of the good podcast catchers such as Beyond Pod, Podcast Addicts, Player FM or Stitcher. Just search Gotham TV Podcast and subscribe and we will pop up um, each week as we do our podcast on Gotham, which will be again, unfortunately, behind the US uh, because in Ireland and the UK, it, it won't be being shown till after the 21st. Um, one of the other things... Uh, that is new, which you may have noticed if you're a regular listener, is we have a new intro music. That's right. And this is provided to us by Mississippi McDonald. And you can find out all about him um, at MississippiMcDonald.com. And of course, remember, that's I-double-S-I-double-S-I-double-P-I, Mississippi. Very good. Mudslide. Um, yeah, really good, uh, really good new theme. I'm really enjoying it. That's our, that's going to be our theme tune for season two of the show. Yeah, it's a nice punky anarchy kind of thing that is to tie in with the rise of the villains. And of course, uh, we will show you a little bit more from Mississippi McDonald um, at the end of the podcast, where we will um, have one of his other tracks, "Devil's Chain." That's right. And without further ado, the piece you've been waiting for: our interview with Drew Powell of Gotham. Okay, welcome back to Gotham TV Podcast. This is our 50th episode, and we have a very special guest in this episode. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Hey, everybody, it's Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham. Happy to be here. Delighted to have you on board, and uh, we have had a little bit of a, a snafu on our recording, so uh, it's uh, really good to have you on board, and thanks very much for, for joining us this time. Great to, great to talk to you. Pleasure. 
I want to kind of kick off with, uh, with a big question that I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds and the big news coming out of season one. You got confirmed as a season regular for season two of Gotham uh, after your sterling work on the first season. Um, how's that feel? Uh, it feels good. It's, it's, uh, it's a nice vote of confidence uh, for the character and the work that we did. And, uh, you know, it's nice to be part of the team. I, I kind of felt like a series regular anyway. I, I think I did 14 yeah. or 15 of the first, uh, uh, the first round, uh, first season. But, uh, you know, it, it is a little different. It's nice to, to get a little bit extra recognition. And, uh, you know, all, all the perks that come with it, like the uh, – the Bentley and the uh, the gold plated uh, trailer that they put me in, and uh, the caviar that they served me at lunch. Uh, all that. Oh, stuff. of course, of course. I'm sure. I'm sure the TV budget <laughs> affords that, and well deserved too. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, and you indeed. get your get your name in the opening credits as well, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we'll get that right, right front and center. <laughs> um, one of the big things obviously for season two is that obviously we're moving into a series where we have 22 episodes this time when we started out covering the show in 2014 in February 2014 uh, just had a pilot at the time with 16 episodes ordered and then moved to 18 and then 22 um, what's the difference in approach as an actor for, for season two of the show with 22 episodes well I think it's, it's um, better for all involved when you kind of know what the end game is. I mean, last year, like you said, started with 16 and 18 with 22. And those writers really had to scramble to kind of, uh, in a very short space of time to come up with the, uh, the extra content. Um, yeah. and, uh, and they did that well, but now I think, you know, what's great about season two, and I was just uh, talking with Ben McKenzie yesterday, uh, or two days ago, I guess we were working together. We're both yeah. agreeing that every, we're on episode seven now and that every script we've gotten has just been better than the last. It's really been full on pedal to the metal. It's all serialized. They've gotten rid of the body of the week, uh, crime of the week kind of scenario. Um, which I think really, you know, getting rid of that and sticking with the serialized aspect lends itself not only to the genre and then to, you know, the comic book world, but also to the way that this show worked best last season. So one of the big things that we talked about on our podcast as we reviewed this, each episode of the show was the kind of pivotal role that Butch plays during uh, during the season for many of the many of the characters in Gotham. Um, obviously, his attack on Barbara Keane in her home uh, led her down the path and into the arms of the ogre, um, and obviously has now led her into Arkham Asylum. Um, can you talk about playing that kind of darker side of Butch and, and obviously dealing with Aaron Richards uh, in what looked like a pretty scary scene? Yeah, uh, you know... When I after I got the role, in, but before we shot the pilot, I spent a, a lot of time watching, particularly the early episodes of The Sopranos, it was a show I loved when it came out the first time around. One of the things that I was looking for was kind of watching how James Gandolfini created this character, Tony Soprano, who was at once you know likable somehow and really scary and dark at the same time, because I felt like that really is is kind of what Butch was all about. Um, you know, he, he, uh, Bruno told me early on that the thing about Butch is people underestimate him until it's too late. And so yes. that was kind of the, the, the thing that I held on to. And so I was able to play scene, scene, some scenes that were more lighthearted and, and, and more uh, goofy. And then at the same time, play a scene like that one with Aaron, where, you know, he's an intimidating guy. Um, and so I've really enjoyed that challenge to kind of try and make that work. And it's, it's, um, that scene was, a, was a, a kind of the beginning of that. Um, yeah. uh, the first kind of scene that I was able to see over the course of the first few episodes that I could really sink my teeth into and get a, get a little bit more of a glimpse that, okay, maybe this guy's more than just 
a henchman for for fish that maybe there's more coming yeah absolutely you can really see the kind of rice smile though all the time there's still a little bit of a jokey side to him but you don't want to cross him definitely right. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, I felt, felt quite sorry for poor Aaron Richards uh, uh, in that scene, but I'm, I'm sure you guys have an all right relationship there. Yeah, no, she's good. She's, you know, I, I've got Welsh uh, uh, heritage, so, you know, we, right. we probably uh, are cousins way, way back when. <laughs> she's a good girl. Excellent. Uh, you spoke there about a little bit about Fish Mooney. Um, one of your, obviously, your big characters that you played off during the season last year was uh, Fish Mooney and Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, what was it like working with her uh, during the season last year? You know, for for a couple of people that are very different, not only physically, obviously, but um, but you know, kind of where we're from. She's from uh, kind of the, the inner city Baltimore, and I'm from rural Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. We really clicked, and and that, that was going to be that was kind of the big question mark for me going in was what what was this going to be like? I knew I was going to be working with her a lot, and she was by far the most famous person in the cast. Um, yeah. I didn't know what she would be like, and, and I was so pleasantly surprised at how much we clicked from the beginning and, and how what a great relationship we had. Um, um, it's interesting because there was that section in uh, the show where she went off to the Dollmaker's Island that we didn't work mm. together. After working together, you know, a lot for the first several months, we had, you know, like three months apart, you know, physically, you know, not just in the story. And so when she came back in the... the uh, the finale, it was really kind of art imitating life as we got to kind of really reconnect and, and uh, that was a lot of fun to play. And, uh, you know, I, I do miss her this year. Um, yeah. she, was, she was fun to be with and I have no doubt we'll work together again at some point. But, um, yeah, I, that was a, one of the biggest pleasant surprises of the entire uh, first season for me. Absolutely. You, you've set me up for one of the biggest fan questions out there. Uh, do you think Fish will return? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> look, I, I hope so. Um, I, I, it's, it's, um, th- my hope is, is that this show has enough of a longevity that you can kind of re-enter some storylines. Certainly, mm-hmm. um, you know, she went into the river, she's a fish, she can swim. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I don't know anything, but, uh, I sure hope to see her again somewhere down the road. Excellent. And even as a Colts fan, you're, you don't mind the fact that she's from Baltimore at all? <laughs> no, no. We stole, we, we stole the Colts from Baltimore, which, so really, <laughs> if anyone's going to have a problem, it would have been her. But uh, then they stole the Browns from Cleveland, so I think it's, uh, we, we'll call it even. But I'm impressed, that, I'm impressed that an Irishman knows his, 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 his NFL or, or gridiron, do you call it? Uh, over oh, there? yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, and uh, my co-host John, who unfortunately couldn't join us today, his uh, his big team is the Ravens, so he was pushing for me to ask that question. <laughs> ah, excellent, excellent. Well, I, my esteem for you guys has risen uh, immeasurably just from that alone. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, I, I suppose I, I want to do talk. I do want to talk about one of the other huge scenes, really, for for Butch, which is kind of talking about a bit of his backstory. It's in in I would think Butch's biggest episode, which is episode ten, where he essentially severs ties with his childhood friend uh, Jimmy Saviano. And what ended off to me being one of the best scenes in the series, where Butch and Saviano are speaking in the car. That the whole scene is is played with a bit of background music, which is all it's all in the game. What I wanted to really know is is that Butch's attitude to Gotham is it a game for him and the people that he deals with around him? Is he just moving pieces like a chessboard for him, or um, is, is that his vision of of how he deals with the people around him? Yeah, I, I think uh, the game for Butch is Survivor. Um, mm-hmm. that, that was one of the things that Dana Cannon told me earlier this year. And I think he's absolutely right. It's the thing about Butch is he's a survivor 
And so it is a game, but for him, uh, maybe more so than, than playing the chess pieces, it's just making sure that nobody knocks him out. And, uh, right. you know, he, he's, he was raised up in that Gotham underworld, so he's valuable. And that's, that's why Falcone didn't kill him. Uh, you know, when he had the chance, he, he needed him to help Penguin. And that's why, you know, he knows the ins and outs. He knows how, how to survive in this, uh, you know, dark, dark town. So that's one of the things I really love about Butch. And one of the things that I, I'm excited to explore more is, is, you know, how he's able to survive and navigate um, this crazy town. Because, you know, everybody knows about Penguin and the Riddler and whatever. I, 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 and that's great. And it's, it's, it's so much fun to, to see the genesis of those characters. But I also think it's neat that there's a couple of new characters that we can latch on to. You know, I, I know that, that they're new and they're not in the, the canon, but that it, we can kind of create them and, and add them, you know, to the mix with these other characters that we've known and loved for so long. is one of the real, um, I think, neat parts about the show. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And as you can as you can tell from our conversation on our fiftieth episode, uh, Butch is certainly a character that stood out for us, uh, partly because of those serious moments and partly because of those big moments in the show. But I have to yeah. have to bring it up. Um, <laughs> another big moment for uh, for Butch was uh, his dance move in, uh, in Blind Fortune Teller, where he proves that uh, that that Zaz has got him. It's kind of spawned its own fan base. Um, we see it very regularly on Gotham TV podcast on Twitter. We see it uh, used quite a lot to uh, to show a Gothamite who's having a really good day. Essentially, um, can you tell us a bit about dealing with the fans or? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I know you've, you did your first big convention for for Gotham this year. Um, how's it, what's it been like dealing with the fans overall? Oh, I love it, man. I love it. It's so much fun to. I've been look. I've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I, ever since I graduated university, I mm-hmm. you know moved to Hollywood and, and was lucky enough to kind of work straight away. Um, and and so I've had a lot of great experiences in my career, but I've never had an experience like this. Uh, with a show with a fan base that is so committed and, and, and really loves loves um, loves the genre and loves the show, and 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 so this has really been a tipping point for mm-hmm. me in my career. This role in the show, um, certainly from a recognition standpoint, to uh, uh, to the to the opportunity to do some of these conventions, and and it's such a it's such a neat thing to be a part of. The fans, by and large, are really intelligent and really smart. Even by the questions you're asking today, are, are, is a great example of, of the thoughtfulness and and the intelligence level in which these these fans uh, work on. And 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 so it's just um, I'm honored to be a part of it. Um, and and little things like the dancing, I, I you know uh, I, I love I love when those things are kind of pop out of nowhere. I mean, the idea with that was, you know. Okay, I, I was funny because I'm like, well, should I, I should be thinking about what this should be? And, you know, suddenly we're shooting the scene. I'm like, oh, man, I haven't really given this too much thought. But uh, the, 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 the discerning <laughs> fan can tell in that, uh, in that dance move, though, that, that he is still favoring that, that knee that, that, that Victor shot at. So, uh, you know, I had a couple of fans that were able to, since you were really, uh, you weren't moving that leg too much. I'm like, well, now that is, that is pretty impressive. So, uh, but That's yeah, good that's my, my, uh, <laughs> my old high school, uh, drama and music, musical teacher, Carol Bellis, rest her soul, uh, taught me how to, to taught me the proper use of jazz hands. And I, little did I know that, you know, 20 years later, it would, it would come <laughs> in handy, uh, in the show about Batman. So, uh, thanks Carol, wherever you are. <laughs> so you have to draw on all of your experiences in the show, obviously. Absolutely. No question about it. 
Because there's this one time I shot my friend in the face, and I didn't know that that would come back to, <laughs> to help me later on. <laughs> Thank you, Carol, Excellent. wherever you You never are. know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> Excellent. So you did mention it there a little bit. By the end of season one, Butch is working pretty closely with Oswald Cobblepot, um, having been brainwashed by Victor Zaz. Where do we pick up with him in season two? Where where do we start? Well, we start with, um, you know, when we left Butch, he's a quivering mess on top of that rooftop. And, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Penguin is there kind of leering over him in the city, you know, screaming about being a king of Gotham. Um, the survivor yeah. that he is, uh, you know, Butch is going to stay with Penguin, and frankly, he has to. That that the conditioning is real. So uh, when we open mm-hmm. season two, you'll you'll find um, Butch uh, right alongside Penguin, and um, and uh, over the course of season two, you know that that gets tested in in ways I wish I could tell you, but then I'd have to shoot you in the face. But uh, uh, <laughs> but it, it is. This is the good thing about being in Ireland. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we probably your bullets going to take me a minute to get there. <laughs> Um, although I really, Ireland is the number one, the top of my list of places to go as an aside. So I'm really hoping I get a chance to come out there and uh, and uh, do a convention at some point. It's uh, a good excuse to come and drink a Guinness and, and meet, meet all my uh, Irish uh, friends slash fans. So I hope that happens someday. But I'm putting it out there in the we universe. We'd be delighted. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so so I, I love Robin. Uh, you know, he and I are, are buddies on and off the set. So it's been really mm-hmm. great um, getting to work with him. And uh, I think we play really well off of each other. And um, so, uh, yeah, you have to you have to watch this season uh, for, for some things that go on with uh, that relationship. Excellent. There is there is no doubt we're not going to be watching this season. If it goes on eight years, we'll be podcasting every week. So, uh, <laughs> so thanks thanks for what you do. <laughs> uh, and as a final question, uh, Drew, um, myself and John are traveling over to New York Comic Con in October. Um, so I have a question for uh, for Butch Gilzine. If Gotham TV podcast were to show up at Oswald's uninvited, how would Butch deal with us? Ah, good question. Well, I think uh, I think Butch would uh, would have to uh, shake you down a little bit, check you out, see what's mm-hmm. going on. I mean, the last time we had an Irishman in in the bar, uh, uh, you know, he ended up getting killed. <laughs> but you know, I think uh, you know if you came bearing gifts, particularly uh, you know. Some some proper Guinness from Dublin. Uh, I think you might be able to be okay. I think we might let you in. Okay, that's on the shopping list. <laughs> good man, good man. Once again, Mr. Powell, thank you so much for joining us today. Really good to speak to you, and uh, and really good luck with season two. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. We're looking forward to seeing it in uh, at New York Comic Con, seeing a, a, an episode, and hopefully uh, getting to the panel. Oh. Uh, really looking forward to seeing it. You know, Excellent. We may cross paths in Gotham when we get. That there. would be great. That would be great. Thanks for. Uh, Thanks for uh, doing the podcast, and thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. Wow, what a great interview. And of course, yeah, Butch loves you, baby. That is a fantastic line. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I so wish I had been there. But, you know, I was there in spirit, as I said before. Um, do you know, I really love the fact that from that interview... Um, you know, he's pleased as punch to be a season two regular now, yeah. um, even though he felt like that was the case on season one. I loved how he talked about, you know, the continuity of getting shot in the leg and then obviously that dance, which has become <laughs> iconic and um, just making sure he led with the other leg to, to show that he was still um, 
still injured you know that kind of thought process that detail um and the attention to it is so important i loved that 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 came across yeah um and it was really good wasn't it yeah i did actually notice since doing the interview i noticed that the gotham tv writers on twitter that is their uh that is their uh, image for their account is but Gilzine dancing, so it's definitely a, a piece they loved as well. Um, I obviously loved the little piece on the Ravens and the Colts and the Browns and mm-hmm. all that kind of history. Fantastic. Um, and, do you know, completely agree with him. It's something we said from last season. You know, last season was split up a bit in terms of first it was 13 episodes, then it was 16, and then it became 22. Mm. And I, I like the way he described it, that, you know, the writers are now know the end game. They know they've got 22 pieces um, that they can shape in any way they see fit. It gives them that flexibility, yeah. that, that that creativity within that. Um, and that will be interesting, I think, for season two moving forward. And it was nice, I think, for him uh, to pick that that out as well. Um, and as well, of course, like he was in Southland with Ben McKenzie. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We uh, unfortunately lost a little part of our interview. We had uh, had some some technical difficulties when trying to set this up, and we had a technical l- snafu. There was definitely chance. a technical snafu, um, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, he was uh, nice enough to come back and and uh, and have the opportunity to speak to me. Uh, I did lose the original interview, um, but during that interview, we did speak about uh, about him and Ben McKenzie working before on Southland. Uh, he was only on two episodes, I believe, of the show, um, as he says, and uh, Ben McKenzie was on a number of them. But the parallel that he was drawing was very much that in that show, Ben McKenzie played a really straight-laced cop, uh, and his character was the kind of um, was a very similar character to Butch Gilzine in the fact that he's a bit of a, a mess up, I suppose, or a screw up. Um, and he the the two, the two characters are very kind of similar to what they play in Gotham, you know. So uh, I thought that was quite interesting. I'm sorry to have lost that, um, but overall, I think the interview went really well, and really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed speaking to to Drew Pell. He's definitely one of our favorite characters from season one of Gotham. Definitely, we, you know, definitely. We, we really enjoyed him, and uh, I was being absolutely honest when I said that he was the first person we looked for to to actually speak to us for our fiftieth episode. Cause I think it's a good celebration for us um, that. We found one of our one of our favorite characters in the show, created for Gotham alone. It's not a character from the comic books, and an actor we didn't know before the show, and has really come to make a stamp on on our podcast. Really, we've we've, uh, we've talked lo- about that character quite a lot. Yeah, we've loved his journey from being Fish's right hand man and loyal right hand man. Some of the depths of evil that he's um, he's gone to with with Barbara mm-hmm. and, and and with others of course the nun scene as well <laughs> really really funny really good um, and obviously ending up um essentially manipulated by Zaz Victor Zaz and now uh within the court of the King of Gotham, uh, Robin Lord Taylor's penguin yeah. so like an amazing and an incredible journey for for the actor and for the character loved it absolutely loved it yeah really looking forward to seeing what happens to the character in season two definitely so we have a little bit of feedback coming in for season two and so remember that if you have any thoughts or comments on this episode of gotham tv podcast and the drew powell interview if you have um any comments theories or questions with season two of Gotham and the episodes that are about to be launched from the 21st of September, please send them in to us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. 
gmail.com. Um, you can f send them also and tweet at us. We're, our Twitter handle is at Gotham TV Podcast. And of course, we have our Facebook page as well. Again, Gotham TV Podcast. Um, just send in any thoughts or comments uh, to there. So our feedback from this week comes from Natalie Welsh. She begins, Captain Essen is still around, at least early on. There's one promo from the premiere where she unsuccessfully tries to defend Gordon from Commissioner Loeb's machinations. It may be that Loeb transfers Essen because of that and swaps in Barnes. Barnes is to be an essentially good guy, so he's probably already sympathetic. Or will come around to Gordon's point of view even faster than Essen did. Oh good, she says. You've seen that one promo where Theo Gallivan addresses Barbara, Jerome and the other Arkham inmates. He helped break out. Nice evil version of the you've all been chosen for your special gifts team assembly talk. Did you count the inmates? There's six, including Babs and Jerome. Now, if you assume, as seems to be more and more likely, that Jerome is indeed this continuity's future Joker, which he either is or is one handshake away from the true Joker, as in mentor or father, then Galavan's little team evil starts looking like... dot dot dot... the Royal Flush Gang. We have enough for a king, a queen, that'd be Babs as a lone female, a jack, a ten and an ace. Plus, of course, Jerome as the wild card, the Joker, if you will. This makes ingenious sense. I'm surprised I didn't find any prior connection between Joker and the Royal Flush Gang in their Wikipedia page. If Team Evil evolves into some version or echo of the Royal Flush Gang, at least the playing card theme part, it forms a perfect and plausible way for Jerome to acquire the Joker moniker. Certainly better than the route through the Red Hood Gang. I can then foresee that there will be at least one shake-up in this gang, as Joker Jerome spins off to do his own thing. Maybe the others break up and become their own thing as well. There's room for at least one or two more of the gang to rise up as something more. Or they'll be like the band that takes a break to pursue individual projects and reunites and reforms every once in a while. So some lineup of the Royal Flush gang would be around for Batman to fight. Cameron Monaghan is coming so close to classic versions of the Joker that I feel he will be indeed revealed to be this continuity's Joker. Or as I said a handshake away from the true Joker. In other words, if he's not the Joker, he'll be a mentor or father figure, as I said. Um, but the timeline is wrong for the true Joker to not be born yet with Bruce as a teenager. I give 90% odds that Jerome is the Joker and a 10% chance of a producer fake-out. Maybe it's the Whovian and me, but in that short season one finale scene, Corey Michael Smith's Riddler persona is looking more like Matt Smith. Watch it one more time, Derek. I, I will, definitely. The unrelated Smith boys do share a clannish resemblance, and the Riddler hair looks a lot like Doctor Who number 11. Let's see if this continues in season two. Here's hoping you and the other UK Gotham fans got it at least as soon after us Yanks as you did last season. From Natalie Welch. Thank you so much for that feedback. Natalie, really interesting stuff. John? The Royal Flush Gang. What do you think? I personally think this is a great great theory mm -hmm. i am really enjoying it yeah. i would still probably like to see them play um with the red hood element as well because i think that's a an interesting concept this idea that anyone could be but i think as well that coupled with the raw flush gang is a great theory yeah, a great absolutely. uh way forward for introducing uh the joker um i mean it almost makes me feel that Barbara Keane, I know she can't be, but maybe she can be in this continuity of it, is almost um, Harley Quinn. Yeah, like, really, actually, yeah. Um, again, some of the short little snippets that we've seen of season two, she's starting blonde hair, 
looking a bit, feeling a bit kooky, mm -hmm. um, a bit needy. Um, so you just never know. But I love the theory. Yeah, it's a really good theory, isn't it? Thanks so much for that, Natalie. Really interesting idea, actually. The uh, the idea of the red, the Royal Flush gang um, being involved in Gotham. That's really cool. Definitely not one we would have picked out. Uh, a lot of the actual trailers that are coming up for season two have been region locked, so they're actually only available to people in the US. So we've been lucky enough to see a few of them um, that that were released internationally, but not all of them. There are there are a couple that we saw, but as you said, we definitely saw that trailer with uh, with our first introduction to Theo Gallivan uh, and possibly the Royal, the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah, really good catch there, Natalie. Uh, hopefully that plays out in the, uh, the the first couple episodes of season two. Yeah, definitely. And I like the idea that, you know, because we had discussed this in episode 49 about, you know, what's going to happen to Captain Essen now that Michael Chiklis is coming on board as Captain Nathaniel Barnes. That's right. You know, is he replacing Captain Essen? Is she getting kicked off the force? Is she um, moving to a different part? Is she the new MCU or something like mm. that? Who knows what's what's going to happen to Captain Essen? I hope she really does stay. And maybe they're going to be allies. Are they going to be um, foes? Are they going to be working together with Jim Gordon against him? Mm. What is going to happen? What's the developments that are happening here that has seen a new captain um, come into the GCPD? It'll be really, really interesting, I think. Oh, definitely, definitely. The GCPD is a pretty big place maybe they do need two captains possibly maybe they'll have two officers with two different captains what do you think hopefully yeah maybe absolutely <laughs> colleagues who knows yeah, yeah but really looking forward to it and, and thanks for allaying our fears that we wouldn't see Sarah Essen again because uh, I do love the character and I'm really looking forward to seeing Zabrina Guevara back in next season so uh, yeah that should be good fun and of course we are really looking forward to seeing Butch Gilzean played by Drew Powell, uh, come back on our screens. It'll be really, really good to see that interaction. Um, is he that loyal to the Penguin? Is he still loyal to Fish? What is going to happen to this character that survived the chaos and the rise of the Penguin in yeah. Season 1? Despite, to all intents and purposes, could have been taken out quite easily. He was Fish's right-hand man. Um, he was the, the loyal... Um, assistant to fish mm -hmm. but he survived that he's a wily cat and i can't wait to see what happens to that character yeah definitely absolutely and uh, yeah really good to talk to him uh, one of the other things we do need to talk about obviously is that there is no premiere date announced just yet for the uh, the uk and ireland release of gotham um, <laughs> i know we do believe it's going to be about two weeks but the really important part is that we are going to new york comic-con so regardless of when it gets released in in europe we will definitely be aligned with the US when we are over in New York. So uh, that's only a couple of weeks away. It's uh, As we record, it's about 18 days from now. The joys of Hulu. Uh-huh. Yes, when we get over there, we will definitely be able to watch uh, all the episodes you may have missed out. So we'll make sure that we catch up on the podcast as well. Uh, while we're over in New York, we're obviously over for New York Comic Con. If you haven't listened to our episodes before, um, you may not be aware of that. We're going over to uh, for four days of... Uh, Probably the now biggest convention in uh, in all of America. The uh, world. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it has more people. At the universe it than... as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> the comic book universe as we know it, definitely. Um, yeah, it has more attendees now than San Diego Comic-Con um, over the course of its four days. Uh, there's a huge Gotham panel, which we spoke about on last week's episode, which will have five of the members of the cast and John Stevens, one of the executive producers. That's Sunday, the 11th of October. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so we're going to be hopefully getting to that panel. It's probably the biggest panel of the day, I think, looking at the schedule. 
Um, so it's going to be quite difficult to get tickets, but we'll uh, we'll be camping out hoping to get in for that one. Um, and while we're over at New York Comic Con, hopefully we'll get out the night before the Gotham panel on October 10th, which is the Saturday night. We're hopefully going to be able to get out to go to a pub called Tir Nanog, uh, which is an Irish bar in New York. There's tons of those, I'm sure. Uh, this one's at number 315 on West 39th Street, a bar called Tir Nanog. Do you know how that's spelt, John? It's in an oak, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's spelt T-I-Fada-O-R-N-A-N-O-Fada-G. Well done, well done. The land of the young. Perfect place for a for a, a superhero convention, really, isn't it? Yeah, and we're going to try and get there for around uh, 7.30 to 8 because we will be at the Jessica Jones panel up till 7. And then from there, we will race off to Tin and Oak and uh, hopefully um, get there between half seven and eight. So come for around then or a bit earlier if you're there. We would love to see people there. Um, if not, we will still have a great time and drink huge amounts of, <laughs> of lager and bitter yes. and maybe some Guinness. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, we have been told that we're able to go to Oswald's if we bring some Guinness with us to New York, so we might have to bring a couple of cans from uh, from Ireland. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can join us, please uh, that, please do so. That would be great. Otherwise, make sure you do follow us on Twitter, as John said, at Gotham TV Podcast. Uh, we'll be keeping you regularly updated with, uh, with images and uh, tweets about the event of New York Comic on it's our biggest event of the year we went last year and it was absolutely fantastic I had a brilliant time i got to meet a bunch of the cast actually last year but uh no plans this year for that but um but hopefully we'll have a, a, an equally fun time and uh, make sure you follow us on our social media accounts and you'll see loads of those updates as we go yeah, so just remember, we will be broadcasting our Gotham podcast uh, weekly um, on its release in uh, Ireland and the UK. You can find us on iTunes at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or any other good podcast catcher such as Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict or Beyond Pod. Just search and subscribe to us, Gotham TV Podcast. And we're going to leave you now with Devil's Chains by Mississippi McDonald, who hails from London. I hasten to add. <laughs> That's right. Okay, thanks for listening. And thank you again so much, Drew Powell, for for the interview and giving your time. It's really generous of you. And we really appreciate the time uh, that, that you gave us. Thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Can't say more than that. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again for episode one of Gotham. Bye. <laughs> Delta in the dead of night Trying to catch the next train Guitar player, harmonic Joe Move from Memphis to Maine Every dollar you earn Is a link in the devil's chain Every dollar you earn is a link in the devil's chain, Roscoe Blues. Mississippi Delta.
city in the heat of day Ten to five through the night Subway train clean out of sight Broken down Cadillac assembly line Every dollar you earn Is a link in the devil's chain Yes, every dollar you earn Is a link in the devil's chain Yeah Every dollar you earn. 